Megan. And we're so Kelly. And Megan. And Megan. Hello, guys, and welcome back to We Know How to Read. My name's Natalie. I'm Megan. And here we are. I'm so excited. (laughs) We have made it. We have survived. I don't know if we can say that we survived. We're still alive. We're alive. We are alive. I have more fears now. Yes, I definitely am afraid of a lot more things now, which, you know... I didn't need more things to be afraid of. No. I'm already afraid of the dark. I didn't need to be even more afraid of the dark. Now, but like, yours are all normal. You have normal fears, Megan. <laughs> I think they are because, like, your fears could actually, like, have higher chances of encounters. I guess my, my fears <laughs> my are fears. realistic. Your fears yes. are traditional. Yes. Yeah. Like, when I yeah. tell people my fears, they're like, really? And I'm yeah. like, okay, you're afraid of a stairwell. So, you know. <laughs> a stairwell? Yeah, you know, like being chased, like the, the the ominous presence that lingers behind you in a stairwell and it's going to chase you up and like. Oh, yeah. When you like run down the stairs to turn off the light. Yeah, yeah. And then you go yeah, back yeah. up. Uh-huh. Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, that's just the dark. That's not necessarily stairs. Oh, I associate it specifically with stairs with stairs hallways for me oh i don't like a long hallway how do you do I have hotels this, i well the lights are always on so like you just kind of yeah. suck it up and keep it inside <laughs> I <will laughs> like it's fine it. for some reason i was wild and it was like my friend's birthday party you're 13 her mom was like, you know, she was like, what I want to do for my 13th birthday is I want to have a massive sleepover in a hotel room. So okay. her mom rented uh, two hotel rooms. She slept the night in one. Mm-hmm. We all slept in the other one. So we decided to play tag <laughs> at midnight in the hotel. And so a bunch of 13, like, I'm not even kidding, like, probably like eight 13-year-olds are running around the hotel at midnight playing tag. We ended up getting locked out of our room mm-hmm. and we had to wake her mom up to go down and get us a key card. Oh, it was so bad. Right, y'all weren't kicked out. Right? Because we had in seventh grade, so yeah, 13, 12, 13, we went for Girl Scouts up to Pigeon Forge in Gatlinburg and we did oh. the whole like, mm-hmm. you know, thing. But we did obviously stayed in a hotel. So of course- you know, a ton of 12, 13 year old girls. Oh, yeah. Shenanigans. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we are diving into everything and anything Halloween today. Yeah, it is officially October 31st. Boo. Um, If you are listening to this when it comes out, if not, what are you doing? I'm just kidding. Know. Uh, Thank you. We're, <laughs> you know, we're happy to have you no matter what day you're listening to this on. Exactly. Uh, but yes, we are our Halloween uh, special. We have the last 12 nights, well, we have scared the shit out of ourselves. Honestly. A bunch of different, yeah, with a bunch of different um, creatures, ghosts, bleh, things, spirits, everything, anything. Everything from around the world. Obviously, we just barely scratched the surface. Oh, there's so much uh, out there. Because 
for only doing this in a month in uh, 13 nights. <laughs> so, well, really 12 nights. So yeah, but uh, we have survived. Hopefully yeah. you're still with us um, and you're you also survived. Yet. You haven't been cursed yet. I think has our, our month, ha- has our month been up? No. Not yet? No. When is it up? This Friday? Mm, I thought it was like next week. We had when did time. we film the first episode? That first week? Mm. Was it the end of September? It was like the third week of September. So yeah, we had some time. We were, <laughs> we're not there yet. All right, we're not there yet. Okay, well, by the time that y'all listen to this. We, we should, should still hopefully still be alive, <laughs> still be around, and but not don't be worry. Cursed, the podcast so... will come out. It will. It will still come out. So whether you... we're alive or not, <laughs> if you hear from us on the podcast, then that means nothing. Um, that means nothing just check God. the Instagram. We'll... Yes. Uh, I still haven't been in any bathroom stalls, except for the one at PetSmart. I haven't been in a bathroom stall. Yeah, I don't. I haven't been near. Tra- well, okay, that's a lie. I have been near train tracks, but always in my car because it's. Yeah, well, that's it's, different. it's Chattanooga. You can't oh. go two feet without finding I a was, train track. Oh, shit, Megan, I was by the train tracks the other night. Uh, <laughs> I crossed them three times on foot. A, on foot. On foot. Yeah, you're just tempting fate. I am. It's okay. That was what uh, Friday this past Friday. I was at a friend's house and we went. She's surrounded by woods and we were going walking and I guess she's got like a zip line thing it's not like super tall but she's got a zip line that we were doing and we went for a walk to the giant the creek that's more like a river and then walked back and as I'm walking I sent Natalie a video and I'm like I was thinking like this is everything we said we weren't going to be doing because uh we learned a lot of things not to do in order Friday to uh night survive night that I kept crossing the train tracks that was the same night the same night wow we <laughs> really we <laughs> at least it wasn't friday the 13th which is uh coming up for us coming up soon coming up yeah. soon as of well, recording this, to, not yeah. for y'all it's already passed it's already passed so i was like <laughs> a second here right but let's dive into yes. halloween yeah there's so much to it it's not there just is. what we know yeah there is um so we're gonna jump into first off what is halloween the history of halloween because Mm. historically speaking halloween has not been dress up in silly costumes or scary costumes or sexy costumes or what have you um and go and get candy it has been much more intense yes and it is uh internationally so yeah. we're going to yeah. get into how people celebrate mm-hmm. it in different ways. How yeah. the original manifestation mm-hmm. has branched into various forms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So starting off with the history of Halloween. Um, Halloween was originally not called Halloween. It was called, and it still is, uh, to people who celebrate um, this holiday. Uh, it's Samhain. Mm-hmm. Samhain. Yeah. Samhain is how you pronounce it. Probably know it by Samhain. S-A-M-H-A-I-N. Yeah. Um, but that is not how you pronounce it. It is Samhain because it is a, an ancient Celtic festival. Um, and it is, of course, a pagan festival because that's what the ancient Celtics were. Um, and if you haven't noticed, if you have studied any sort of ancient history or culture um 
then you'll notice that most, if not all of our holidays, or our big holidays, I should say, are from pagan festivals. Specifically if you live in a dominantly Christianized area. Yeah, yeah. Um, Halloween, Christmas, Christmas, Valentine's Day, Easter. All of them. Yeah, so the big ones all come from ancient pagan festivals. Halloween is no different. Um, so what is Samhain? Samhain is a festival that was celebrated by the ancient Celts halfway between the autumn equinox and the winter solstice. Um, so we had our autumn equinox in on September 23rd, like yep. early morning, September 23rd. Um, so October 31st um, marks the halfway point. For I think what the winter solstice is December twenty first, twenty second, somewhere yeah, around so. there. Yeah. yeah. Um and it marked the transition between the years lighter and darker halves. So we all know that we have daylight savings time, unfortunately. Uh I for those of us did we? I don't think we do. I don't know. I thought at one point we were really lobbying to get rid of it. I think so. I think they do that every year, but it never actually happens. Um, but we all know in at the beginning of November, you what you fall back. You spring forward in the spring, you fall back in the fall. Um, and then the days get shorter and the nights get longer. And so this marks that transition. <laughs> it's yes. We have quite the opposite. Oh. U.S. Senate approves bill to make daylight savings time permanent, which I don't know if that means it's permanently always one time or yeah, ending it's... the tw- yeah we oh twice annual thing. So are we not falling back in the in November? No. Oh. The U.S. Senate on Tuesday passed legislation that would make daylight savings time permanent starting in 2023, ending the twice annual changing of the clocks in a move to promote. Yeah. So we are no longer doing it. Okay, well, all of um, you so, teachers rejoicing out there. Um, um, interesting. As of this November, it will stop happening. Oh, okay, cool. I thought awesome. I wasn't going crazy. I was like, wait a second. Well, I, I, I had heard, heard that, that, but I wasn't sure. So we'll, we'll talk about this later. Anyway, <laughs> moving on, moving on. You heard it here. Uh, no more daily savings. <laughs> we, don't, we don't really know. Um. So it is celebrated um, in ancient Celtic communities of Europe, including Ireland, Wales, and Scotland. And I'm sure that you'll have heard this before, but it is believed um, to be a liminal time when the veil between the human and spirit realms is lifted. This is when the veil is thinnest. Yes. Um, let's see. Oh, I didn't know this. This is cool. Uh, Sawin is also the modern Irish word for the month of November. Oh, that's so cool. that's cool. Um, let's see. This is all coming from worldhistory.org, just for those of you who want to look more. Um, and it says here in Ireland, the Hill of Ward in County Meath was the sacred site of the Saw um Sawin Fire Festival, and in recent years, people have gathered there on Halloween. To participate in a modern day Sawin revival. Bucket list. Yeah. Can we go? For sure. <laughs> uh, All right. Yeah. yeah. So, real quick, just what the pagan festival is. Um, the year is divided into two halves, the lighter half and the darker half. Mm-hmm. Obviously, 
that's where that transition period is. There are four main celebrations, which if you are familiar with any type of witchy type things, yeah. then it's in bulk, which is celebrated halfway between the winter solstice and the spring equinox. Mm-hmm. Beltane, which is halfway between the spring equinox and the summer solstice. Um, this has two words. The first word, I don't know how to pronounce. Lugnasad. Oh, yeah, or yeah, Lamas, yeah. I think, is the other word you can use. Um, it's halfway between the summer solstice and fall equinox. And then, of course, Salwen, halfway between the fall equinox and winter solstice. These are the four biggest festivals. Um, but Salwen is the most significant because, and I did know this because uh, I looked it up a few years ago, it is considered to be the Celtic New Year. Can I? Sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> this whole time that you've been talking about mm-hmm. the origins of this beautiful holiday and everything, I am over here having an SJM moment. All right, yes. So we know that Thayer is born on the solstice, the winter solstice. Yes. And then uh Aelin is born. Are we gonna are we gonna spoil things for non people who haven't read them yet? we're just talking about birthdays okay just make it sure just make it sure is born on the may pagan holiday for bonfires i can't remember what it's called but she uh, belfast she's born on belfast Uh uh-huh rice quinlan is which i think is beltane beltane yeah sorry she's born Mm -hmm. on beltane um fera winter solstice and then bryce is born on which this is why it pertains to all this is born on November 5th, which is the day that they celebrated in England, is when they oh. celebrate the Irish version of it, which is also associated to its Guy Fox Day, but it was uh-huh. from the same origins of what remember, you're Remember, remember right. the 5th of, 5th of November? November the That's my dad's birthday. Well, it's also Bryce Quinlan's birthday. All right. Okay. But they're all born around associated holidays to a pagan mm-hmm. holiday. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, we're going to save that little nugget for later. (laughs) Uh, So, yes, it is considered the Celtic New Year, um, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that is really cool. Um, Let's see. Hmm. Sawin was considered an auspicious time for the Druids to practice divination since the connection to the spirit world was stronger than usual, which is really, really cool. Um, celebrations predate the arrival of, um, of the Celts in Ireland some 2,500 years ago, which is cool. Wow, that's old. Um, feasts abundant in both food and alcohol were held to celebrate the harvest. Um, it was a sacred time for assembling and for settling important business matters. Debts were repaid and trials for the more egregious crimes were held. That's interesting. Hmm. Let's see. Um, I'm trying to find because there's some other stuff, and there's a lot. This, this, I highly yeah. recommend if you're interested in more of this because I'm skimming through it. The um, the worldhistory.org has so much on it, which is really, really cool. Well, while you're digging um, through. What I was making a reference to moments ago with my SJM comment is Halloween is widely celebrated today in numerous countries around the globe, but specifically Ireland, Canada, 
United States are probably the highest population celebrated. Of course, in Mexico and other Latin countries, they have their own interpretations based in their own culture, Day of the Dead, which honors the deceased loved ones and ancestors. But in England, they have Guy Fawkes Day, which falls on November 5th, commemorating mm-hmm. bonfires and fireworks, which if you go back to the Samhain reference of what they do with the fire and the this and that and the other thing, it's all similar connections mm-hmm. to the original day. Yeah. And of course, like the calendar was so loose back then. Yes. We don't. <laughs> yes. So the fact that like, the 31st and, and even the day of the dead um a lot of people mm-hmm. like celebrate it on november 1st not actually on the 31st yeah. like the, mm-hmm. it's, and then guy fox day is the fifth and, and yes, it's, it's called guy it's fox kind of day. like a a range a window yeah and the, the guy fox day obviously is in reference of a man named guy fox who tried to blow up parliament but mm-hmm. the traditions precede that it just has been renamed as his day mm-hmm. because that was the day that he attempted to blow up parliament yeah. Uh, if you would like a really good movie to watch in reference to Guy Fawkes Day, go watch um, *Be from Vendetta*. Yeah, one of yeah. My it's movies. it's great. It's so. I good. almost shaved my hair off after watching that movie. I could see that. It's it's <laughs> such a good movie. Yeah, a good movie. yeah. Um, but yeah, basically the um, it was just like they lit a bunch of bonfires, um. Is so which makes sense it was a fire festival yeah, yeah um so you need you know you need fire for that naturally um and then eventually it you know is still going on um there is a lot of archaeological evidence of large-scale burning um that you know shows the celebration of this festival throughout the years and then eventually, when Christianity reached Ireland in the fifth century, yeah. um, and this is something that, you know, again, I also teach my students when we're talking about Roman festivals, because this is true for everything. What is the easiest way to get people to convert to your strange religion? Mm-hmm. That is new and limiting and very different from this one that there is so incorporated in their culture. Yep. Um, how do you do that? How do you make it easier to do that? You take over their festivals and you incorporate it into your new festival. So like, for instance, Christmas, um, they incorporated Saturnalia, which is a Roman festival celebrated at that time. A lot of our traditions for Christmas come from Saturnalia. Uh, Valentine's Day was Lupercalia in ancient Rome times, yeah. which was a fertility festival. So it makes sense. Um, so like, and then so for this one, they made All Saints Day. So if you, I mm-hmm. was raised in the Catholic Church. Um, All Saints Day was very common. That was November 1st. So you would have Halloween. Woohoo. Yay, Halloween. Get your candy you know fall festival all that stuff and then november 1st was all saints day where you would i don't know anything about that since i was was yeah it's it's just it's basically just a day for honoring every single saint that there is oh so like saints get their own feast days generally when they die 
generally when they die. So Valentine's Day was the day that St. Valentine was beheaded for marrying uh, couples uh, in secret illegally because it was illegal to marry people um, at that time. And it, there's a whole story. We'll talk about that later. I teach this to my students. We it's can do very a exciting. Episode. We should. That'd be fun. Um, so it's just a day to do everything. So that is um it was originally in May. They moved it to November 1st in order to be like, hey, guess what? We're not that different. Your festival is, you know, closely related to dead things because it's the you know you yeah. say it's the veil between worlds is thinnest being attacked by my cat who is oh he just wanted to curl up in my arm oh. i'm sorry sweetie um and ours which honors all of the dead saints oh. so they're basically the exact same thing see we're not that different so, come be christian i'm gonna i'm gonna comment on this <clears throat> because like yeah you know, when, when, like, obviously, like, the whole idea of religion is such an interesting concept, and, mm-hmm. like, the idea of how multiple religions are honestly carbon copies of the same yes. stories and mm-hmm. myths, and especially, like, if you look at, the, like, the big three, uh, mm-hmm. there, there are many replications of it, so it's, like, it comes down to this idea, is it, like, all the same, like, mm-hmm. man- like Muhammad and Jesus and like the yeah, yeah, yeah. other prophecies and prophets and everything. And it's like, are these all the same person just retold mm-hmm. in different areas? Yeah. Is it um, like the whole idea is they're like one God mm-hmm. distributing his, their, whatever ideas of religion in various interpretations mm-hmm. across the world. But then it's like, okay, you get into this whole, like, and like, I would say um, indigenous people of, around the world and they mm-hmm. all have very similar spiritual mm-hmm. connections and it's like okay we come from this idea that like so many cultures from around the world that were not influenced by this of holy one god persona all believe that the veils is thin on that day and it's like, mm-hmm. okay well what's real right this concept is like okay so like many people from around the world that are oceans away from each other all believe mm-hmm. on this day that this yeah that, like no it's crazy it's crazy it's yeah crazy. it is it, uh-huh. well, and i try not i can't think about it very long because my brain just starts i know like, it's just the cosmos <laughs> short circuits it's just like yeah ah. um yes no i completely agree it's it's crazy to think about um so then all saints day became a catholic holiday christian um mostly catholic it's not really a christian holiday it's a catholic holiday is catholicism is the one that has saints um and then eventually in 19th century uh the famine that caused the relocation of many irish to america they brought with them beliefs and traditions associated with modern halloween such as the carving of jack-o'-lanterns but fun fact in ancient um historically speaking you would not carve pumpkins you carved turnips I'm, they would carve I'm turnips think, not I'm pumpkins i'm thinking of the like what the like growing calendar for the year and i'm like mm-hmm. because i'm thinking in my head and i was like what's in season right now like what, what mm-hmm. do you, i mean besides pumpkins you can pick pumpkins right now but i right. was just like potatoes <laughs> potato 
all right all right um and then of course like there are you know the the history of like why we carve pumpkins why we wear masks Oh, there's those all these crazy things, things which is crazy. So yes. many little nuggets for you. So I I'm to- so excited. So that is a very brief yes. history of Halloween. Because yeah, eventually it just got turned into a various forms of what it is. And I'm going to highlight mm. Day of the Dead and then Guy Fawkes Day real quick yes. because they are so interlinked. And just like you were talking about All Saints Day, they have All Souls Day. Yes. It is a three-day celebration in Central America and Well, Mexico. so All Saints and All Souls is basically the same thing. Yes. But yeah. it's very, Because we called it both, I think. In other ways. In, uh, yeah. Because well. I think we called it both growing up. It was All Saints and All Souls. The first time um, I went to a Catholic church, I stuck my hand in the... The holy water? Yeah. I thought it was a pretty <laughs> fountain. I mean, it is. I but... just thought it was like a really, a really decorative, like serenity fountain, and I got yelled at. <laughs> but I didn't. I was, in, <laughs> I was in high school, Megan. I wasn't like a kid. Oh, that's funny. We had them. I distinctly remember they got rid of them after my first grade. But in first grade, they had because I went to a Catholic school. They had the holy water little cup fountain thingies at the door of every classroom. Uh huh. I was about to ask you if you drank it. What did you do with no. it? You, what you do with the holy water? What do you do with so it? So you, you stick, you take two fingers okay. with your dominant hand and you stick them in the water and then you make the sign of the cross oh. with the I... holy water. That's what you did every time you entered a Catholic church for mass, you would do that. And then when you left, you would do it. Hmm. Oh, yeah. No idea. Yeah. yeah, because I walked in and it had this beautiful fountain and I was just like, ooh, fountain water. So yeah, like- uh, this is 13 years of Catholic private school. 13 years of two to three times a week going to Catholic mass. Nope. Um, I'm not Catholic anymore. I do not, I do not identify as Catholic anymore. Um, but I was all of the above. When it comes to Catholicism, I'm mm, yeah. I I feel very in the Mm. like in the dark about all that kind of stuff. So in Mexico, Latin Americans, even in Spain, they Mm -hmm. have All Souls Day, which takes place on November second, in commemorating for a three day celebration that begins on the evening of October thirty first. It is designed to honor the dead who is um is believed to return to their earthly homes on Halloween. Many families. Uh, construct altars to the dead in their home in honor of deceased relatives, decorated with candy flowers, photographs, samples of the deceased's favorite foods and drinks, fresh water, often a wash basin and towel are left out so the spirits mm-hmm. can wash before indulging in their feasts. Candles and incense are being burned to help the deceased find their way home. Relatives tidy the graveside um, and can be include like weeding, repairing, and painting. The grave is then decorated with flowers and wreaths and little streamers. And on November 2nd, relatives gather at the gravesides for a picnic and reminiscence. Some gather even including tequila and mariachi bands, which there is something very similar that also happens in certain Asian countries as well. They yeah. have like picnics and feasts mm-hmm. graveside. The Romans also would have picnics and feasts and celebrations at the graveyard. That's where you went to go meet. Yeah. and hang out like it's really cool because i love um dios de los muertos is just it is so cool oh it's um a, just I the whole concept it's so gorgeous myself and that and it's celebration it's, and i know 
it's beautiful it's one of those things where like I wish that we had those types of celebrations we could have we could have and we don't um because they're so pretty and just this connection with your ancestors Mm -hmm. and um all of that I mean the closest that we get is 23 and me um (laughs) yeah I mean I would love to look into because I am uh Celtic and like I'm a Scott Irish and I am um really uh Eastern European Russian specifically Mm -hmm. so like I have plenty of culture that I could dive into oh yeah I I also but being immigrant families Mm -hmm. like it's yeah. been bastardized by American culture mm-hmm. and, you know, how traditions get passed down to be something completely different. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I am lucky enough in my hometown, we actually have like a zombie walk coming up. Oh, I think I remember that. I never did that, but I remember them. Yeah. And so, yeah, we, yeah. like everybody, mm-hmm. I mean, and then like, I'm really excited for Krampus. Um we there's a term for it it's like a celebration in germany where like they have fires and krampus and Mm -hmm. they have like all the evil elves running around and we have that in richmond (laughs) yeah i remember hearing about that too i go every year it is my favorite i love it so much so like yeah i we don't have a but you're right there's not like that yeah like right that's what i meant and i think that's so much of like i've uh in the last like few years and you and i have both been like diving into this like spiritual like mm-hmm. in um ex- explanation like of what it is like the original like eight holidays mm-hmm. um and it's so grounding yes it's it really so is I feel it really so much is more connected to mm-hmm. my world around me even when i talk about like my personal sphere and literally the world mm-hmm. like yeah. the earth beneath yeah. my feet so it's really yeah. fascinating anyways so anyway tangent. way side tangent moving on um guy fox day is in england mm-hmm. uh november 5th is when it happens so it's like literally two days after uh day of the dead bonfires are lit all throughout england um uh, burning and fireworks although it falls around the same time that has some other traditions the celebration has to do little with halloween um, but more with the ancient Celtic festivals and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it really interesting. The English, for the most part, stopped celebrating Halloween as Martin Luther's Protestant Reformation began to spread. Oh. Yeah. As followers of the new religion did not believe in saints, they had a reason to celebrate the Eve of All Saints Day. Mm-hmm. Um, however, a new autumnal ritual did emerge, Guy Fox Day, which was to commemorate the notorious English traitor, Guy Fox. That's how it's kind of all been like merged together. Okay. That's another tradition, but we can dive into some more. Yeah. Spooktacular. So I just found the, uh, how jack-o'-lanterns originated in Irish myth. And there's actually a story, the legend of stingy Jack. Ooh. So. Right, it's super familiar. Like I feel like I've heard this before, but um apparently, okay, so uh this is from historychannel.com. Mm-hmm. Um says people have been making jack-o'-lanterns at Halloween for centuries. The practice originated from an Irish myth about a man nicknamed Stingy Jack. 
According to the story, Stingy Jack invited the devil to have a drink with him. What? You just, you know. Right? Don't do that. No. Um, True to his name, Stingy Jack didn't want to pay for his drink, so he convinced the devil to turn himself into a coin that Jack could use to buy their drinks. Once the devil did so, Jack decided to keep the money and put it into his pocket next to a silver cross, which prevented the devil from changing back into his original form. Can you imagine walking around and having the devil in your pocket? Literally. That sounds like Frodo. Right? It does. It does. Jack eventually freed the devil under the condition that he would not bother Jack for one year and that should Jack die, he would not claim his soul. The next year, Jack again tricked the devil into climbing into a tree to pick a piece of fruit. While he was up in the tree, Jack carved a sign of the cross into the tree's bark so that the devil could not come down until the devil promised Jack not to bother him for 10 more years. Soon after, Jack died. As the legend goes, God would not allow such an unsavory figure into heaven. <laughs> the devil True. upset but yeah the devil upset by the trick jack had played on him and keeping his word not to claim his soul would not allow jack into hell he sent jack off into the na- into the dark night with only a burning coal to light his way jack put the coal into a carved out turnip oh. and has been roaming the earth with it ever since the irish began to refer to this ghostly figure as jack of the lantern and then simply jack o'lantern um in ireland and scotland people began to carve their own versions of jack-o'-lanterns by carving scary faces into turnips or potatoes Ah, and placing (laughs) you are not wrong and placing them into windows or near doors to frighten away stingy jack and other wandering evil spirits in england large beets were used um immigrants from these countries brought the jack-o'-lantern tradition with them when they came to the united states they soon found that pumpkins a fruit native to america make perfect jack-o'-lanterns and that is the story of why we have jack-o'-lanterns that is pretty cool get into why we have haunted houses yes i don't do haunted houses do you do haunted houses oh Fuck yeah. No, I don't. I, love, I don't I, do haunted houses in the real sense or in the fun entertainment sense. Oh, yeah. I do all, yes. I don't do haunted houses. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. do. Yep, yep, yep. No. Love it. Haunted mazes, I, haunted houses. Oh, my gosh. I love haunted cornfields. Uh-uh. So much mm, fun. You I won't love... catch me. No. <laughs> absolutely not. Maze. The amount of times that I've been dropped into the middle of the woods to be scared through the woods in the middle of the night. Yeah, it's so much fun. I love it. No, I know that because doesn't, um, is it Ashland Farms? Yeah. Yeah, I know they do it. I don't mess with that. I've been to the pumpkin patch up there, (laughs) but I left before the scary shit happened. I love it. I don't do it. Mm -mm. So. During the Great Depression was a time of great economic and social change that affected many parts of the American life, including Halloween. Parents oh. concerned about their sons running amok on All Hallows Eve organized come haunted up, come houses. Up, come up, come up. <laughs> Sorry, I just watched uh, Hocus Pocus recently. <laughs> uh, 
So haunted houses or haunted trails to keep them off the streets. Now, here's the thing. Ooh. Halloween had long been a night of revelry for adults and children, seen as a positive outlet. This is where I was talking about. I fear for my life as a young woman mm-hmm. in this time period. Mm-hmm. Outlet for young men to blow off steam. These range from stealing neighbors' gates off their hinges to stealing dead bodies. Holy shit! So it gets worse, Megan. In 1879, about 200 boys in Kentucky stopped a train by laying a fake body across the railroad tracks. In the 1900, medical students at the University of Michigan stole a headless corpse from the anatomy lab and propped it up against the building's front doors. Wait, there's more! This is the only evening in which a boy can feel free to play pranks outdoors without danger of being pinched. And it is his delight to scare passing pedestrians, ring doorbells, and carry off the neighbor's gates. Boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. See, when people Fuck complain, off. when people complain about our generation or the generation right? after us, Gen Z, I and all the shenanigans that occur, I'm like, um, right? do you not know history? This was what the 1870s. Mm-hmm. 1870s into the 1900s no. yeah no according Mm-mm. to the guide um accord uh, uh, expose one boy's craft guide according to the guide even if a boy had to fetch the gate he stole out of the tree he left it in the punishment is nothing compared with the sport the prank left have furnished him what hmm? there, i don't know it's not in it's not modern, english yeah no, no there was plenty of people who didn't see this at as harmless fun before there were plenty of people who didn't see this as harmless fun before the great depression however the economic disaster exuberated young men's halloween antics leading to increased public concern and anger in 1933 parents were outraged when hundreds of teenage boys flipped over cars throughout the entire city flipped them over oh my god a sawed off telephone poles engaged in other acts of vandalism across the country people began referring to the year's holiday as black halloween similar to the way they referred to the stock market crash four years earlier as black tuesday some cities considered banning halloween altogether yet in many communities the response were to organize halloween activities for young people so they could not they didn't run keep them busy Yes. Keep them busy. Oh it's my God. Organized trick or treating, parties, costume parades, and yes, haunted houses to keep them busy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I was so astonished by all of the activities that were happening uh, that I completely forgot that this was the origin story of haunted houses. so you're like haunted houses i was like oh yeah that's the point of the story so hanging over strips of raw liver on walls where one where one feels his way to dark steps advertised a 1937 party pamphlet on how to create a trail of terror weird moans and howls from dark corners damp sponges and hairnets hung from the ceiling touch his face Doorways are blockaded, so the guests must crawl through long, dark tunnels. Ew! Ew. Haunted or spooky public attractions already had some precedence in Europe starting in the 1800s with Madame Tussauds Wax Museum in London featuring a chamber of horrors with decapitated figures from the French Revolution. In 1915, a British amusement ride manufacturer created an early haunted house. 
complete with dim lights, shaking floors, and demonic screams. Oh. Like, the early American haunted houses were small, nonprofit affairs held in residential neighborhoods. In later decades, obviously, they've grown mm-hmm. to be exorbitant, I mean, yeah. centric things. The most famous and influential one was Disneyland's Haunted Mansion in 1969, which had extremely high production value mm-hmm. for its day. Since then, American haunted attractions have become more and more elaborate. Uh, the American Haunts estimates there are about over 1,200 haunted attractions that charge admission fees now. But as the as in the Great Depression, there are still plenty of small scale haunts in American neighborhoods that parents can put in for for free. All right mm. then. All right then. It's like oh, the boys be wild and we the need, boys be wild. <laughs> we need to corral them. What do we do? We scare the shit out of them. So you know, speaking, hey, it worked. Speaking of boys, the lingering legend of Abraham Lincoln's ghost. Yes. Did you know there's some like spooky ass shit about Lincoln, Lincoln's family, and Mm-mm. uh, uh, what was his name? Who killed him? John Wilkes Booth. Wilkes Booth. Shouldn't you know that? I should. Being in Virginia. He died in Virginia. I'm pretty sure he's from Virginia. Who, John Wilkes Booth? Yeah. Oh yes, he is. I was like, yeah. I was I like, he met wait, Abraham Lincoln. This... I was like, I don't think he died. In no. Virginia. No, Abraham Lincoln died in D.C. Did he really? Because he was shot at Ford Theater. I just thought that was in Illinois. No, he was shot at Ford Theater in D.C. I've been there. He was shot at Ford Theater. You really? can go there. Yeah, you can go there and watch plays. What? He was shot at Fort Theater in DC while he was no watching idea. a play. John Wilkes Booth jumped off, said the, you know, Sikhs and Bantaranis thing. Yeah. And then they took him to a building across the street, and that's where he died. And you can go there and you can see the pillow that he died on. It's real gross. It's all dried this blood. Is happening in Illinois. No, it's all DC. Yeah, we went to go see that on our DC trip in eighth grade. I feel grade. like I should have known that. <laughs> I feel like you should have as well. I don't know how. I, I yeah. Um, <laughs> John Wilkes Booth is from Maryland, but he died in Virginia. Ah, there we go. There we yeah. Go. <clears throat> so if you don't know who Abraham Lincoln is, he is our 16th president of the United States. Uh, famous leader in preserving the Union during the Civil War, beginning the process to lead to the end of slavery, yada, yada, yada. He had the tall top hat. He was shot he in the back of the head. Actually not that tall. I know. I said tall top hat. No, no. But everybody thinks he's like a really tall person. Oh, no, 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 no. He was no. like maybe six foot. Um, according to some sources, he was a vampire slayer. Oh, yes, that too. <laughs> um, no, but like, have you heard the stories about Teddy Roosevelt riding a moose? It's real. Yeah, that's real. I know that's How real. fucking wild is that? Teddy Roosevelt was a crazy ass man. I love him <clears throat> in the aspect of the fact that he is insane. Crazy as fuck. Yeah. Um, so for years, presidents, rich ladies, and guests and members of the White House staff have claimed to either see Lincoln or felt his presence in the halls. Interesting. The melancholy bearing of uh, the melancholy bearing of Lincoln himself and several instances of eerie presence on his part only add to the legends of the great ghost of Abraham Lincoln. Mm-hmm. At the time of his 1864 re-election, deep lines etched Lincoln's face and heavy dark circles under his eyes. During his years as commander-in-chief, he had slept little and, take, and taken no vacations. 
There may have been more to his sadness than even he would admit. Lincoln dreamed of his own death. So, Interesting. a close friend of the president wrote down what Lincoln told him on the evening in early of the evening in early 1865. About 10 days ago, I retired very late, the president told him. I soon began to dream. There seemed to be a death-like stillness about me, and when I heard subdued sobs as if a number of people were weeping, I thought I left my bed and wandered downstairs and arrived at the east room. Before me was a sarcophagus and which rested a corpse wrapped in funeral vestments. Oh. Although it was station station soldiers, it was around it were station soldiers who were acting as guards, and there was a throng of people, some gazing mournfully upon the corpse, whose face covered with weeping pity, who others weeping pitifully. Who died in the White House? I demanded. The president was the answer. He was killed by an assassin. It was not the first time Lincoln saw his own death. Soon after his election in 1860, he's seen a double image of his face reflecting in a mirror in his home in Illinois. One was his real face. The other was a pale imitation. There's even, if you um, look at it, there is a photo of his wife and there is a like a second image behind it and it mm -hmm. looks like Lincoln and it looks like his ghost. You can actually yeah. like, see it. It's kind of crazy. So yeah, apparently Lincoln still lingers in interesting the fact that he dreamt of his own death yeah but then also like that was told to us by a friend of his after the fact True. so but how he, much of that wrote it down oh yeah. interesting so he wrote it down in 1965 interesting and he died in 1967 something like that that's interesting i recently talking about the photograph of where you can kind of see like the ghostly, you know, Lincoln in the background. I recently watched a TikTok that was super freaking cool. I don't remember where it came from, but it was about the history of why we envision ghosts the way that we envision them, because it's different than how it used to be. Really? Because once upon a time, it was just like a person. Like you just saw a person, you know? but now right but now we see like they're like see-through and you know they're hovering and whatnot they're not you know walking and so when we were going through after I watched this video thinking back on some of the episodes that we've done this season um the difference between the ghosts that we talked about in older times versus ghosts now you're right sense because like you know they weren't yeah right um, and it all has to do with the invention of the camera. Fascinating. Mm -hmm. I don't remember enough of the video to go into detail, so I'm not going to. Oh. Um, but it was very, very interesting because, like, I know there was one thing where because you had to sit so long for a picture. Yeah, yeah. That if you moved, it would bring up this ghostly presence yeah in the right, picture right. yeah so I thought that was really cool in when I taught photography I would actually mm. have my students do penhole photography where we would turn them into ghosts and I'd have them mm. move out of frame to give like a spiritual aura to themselves and that's cool yeah cool. that's so, cool do, would you like to know the most haunted places in the United States so you know not to go to them <laughs> yes please so obviously I would love this um Howard Street Cemetery in Salem, Massachusetts, 
mm-hmm. witch trials. Don't need to anything else there. The RMS Queen Mary in Long Beach, California. Have you heard about this boat? Say that again. The RMS Queen Mary. I think that I watched an episode about that. It is the retired. Was it a military? Yes. It sailed between 1936 and 1967. So are you familiar with, um, it's not called this anymore, but it, what it used to be Buzzfeed unsolved. Yeah. 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 They have their own show now. They went there. I'm pretty sure. So Dane and Ryan. Yes, there's a lady yes. in white that typically pops up and around there. Um, the oh, we talked about this one, the New Jersey Pine Barrens. What's in there? I wonder. The Jersey Devil. Oh. <laughs> the Stanley Hotel in Colorado. It was okay. the uh, most famous for inspiring the Haunted Overlook Hotel in Stephen King's The Shining. Oh yeah, I'll stay away from that one. I did watch that movie. I mm, no. <laughs> no thank you although the real life hotel was open has been open since 1909 it wasn't until after the publication of king's book and the release of the 1980 film adaptation the rumors of ghosts began to swirl about the stanley hotel the hotel actively promotes the idea that it's haunted and offers visitors a spiritual night tour good uh the whaley house in california in 1850, a man named Thomas Whaley decided to build a house for his family in San Diego. Supposedly, the spot he picked for his house was the site of an execution that happened just a few years prior. Since then, legend has it that an executed man ha- haunts the home. Um, the, muse- the museum that now owns and operates the home claims that other spirits have since made their presence known in the residence, including Thomas himself and his wife, Anna, and their son, who died as an infant. Mm, okay. Fort Mifflin, Pennsylvania. Okay. Oh, it, it, just, it was a landmark for multiple battles. Oh, yeah, that tracks. The White House? That tracks. The White House, Abraham Lincoln. I mean, that makes sense. How many, you know, like, yeah. Abraham Lincoln, uh, Jeremiah Smith. Apparently he was a worker who... Uh, who who saw Abraham Lincoln's ghost roaming the wall, the <laughs> roaming through the White House? In addition, uh, Ulysses S. Grant, William McKinney, mm-hmm. um, and let's see. Since then, many people have claimed to see the ghost of Lincoln, including Prime mm-hmm. Minister Winston Churchill. Oh, fascinating! Okay, okay. All right, Churchill. All right, where else we got? <gasps> the origins of pumpkin spice. Oh. Wait, were all those the haunted places? Yeah, that places? was it. That was it. That was it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought there was gonna be some. I feel like there are way more. Like, I mean, I definitely would say the Bell Witch in Tennessee, one hundred percent. College that I went to was mm-hmm. down the street from an insane asylum yeah. that had was used up until the nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, Alabama's campus. They part of the campus is um. <laughs> fun fact. The asylum that is the reason there are laws um, for how you treat patients in asylums because it was so bad. Wow. Uh, it wasn't on Alabama's campus at the time. It mm. is now a historic building and like a museum. Yeah. And then Alabama just kind of took it. Uh, very, very scary. Very haunted. No, yeah. thank you. So the same asylum that was open through mm-hmm. the 
90s um it was also like a boys ward for a while or like mm. it was a women's ward that's what it was um you could go on they reopened it in the early 2010s mm. and you could do ghost tours throughout it but oh. they turned it into a haunted house so there would be like people next okay. to you so okay. like you would walk through the three levels of the insane asylum and there'd be like people in there to scare you and no. the fact that it it no. existed for like over a hundred years no i don't okay so i don't do haunted houses i don't do scary things however i am more likely to go into a house that is perceived to be haunted because i firmly believe that the house i grew up in was haunted um, and we're not going to talk about my current apartment situation because it was built in the 20s and, you know, there are ghosties in the attic. It's fine. Um, but I would rather go into a perceived haunted house mm-hmm. than into a not haunted but abandoned asylum. Because that's a big no for me. Asylums and prisons, <gasps> no. So I've been to Alcatraz. Mm-mm. Now, I would go to Alcatraz. I We wanted to go, when I was out in San Francisco, we wanted to go to Alcatraz, but unfortunately, all the tickets were taken the day we were going to go. I will say, I've been to Alcatraz. This is, these are just two spiritual places in the planet mm-hmm. that I've been to. I've been to Alcatraz, and we went into, hang on, cats. Ah. Something just fell in my house. <laughs> I heard it. I think you kicked something because your camera kind of wiggled. No? Okay. We're just going to move on. Cool. <laughs> um, so I went to Alcatraz and there are, oh, there are definitely ghosts mm-hmm. there. Um, oh, yeah. I'd, I'd love to go back at night. I really wanted to go back at night, but we didn't have time to. But mm-hmm. there was definitely cold presences just lingering in like spots throughout the uh place and then i went to stonehenge and i went to i am so jealous that is one of my top top places to go i went inside stonehenge again jealous i walked through the pillars Mm -hmm. and everything there is something there Oh, absolutely. I believe that. Like, from being in the mm-hmm. inner circle and then leaving the inner circle, I felt different. Like, mm-hmm. the air around me mm-hmm. felt different. I was just like, what did I just experience? Yeah, yeah. It was a wild time. Yeah. But oh. to get back to some spooky, yes. uh, things, I wanted to touch on some spirits. Some, um, Ooh, in- okay. Yeah. In March of 1848, two young sisters in Haydensville, North New York, came up <laughs> came up with what they thought would be considered a fun prank. Teenager Maggie Fox and her younger sister Kate claimed that they there was a spirit communicating with them by making outworldly raps on the walls and furnitures of their house. When their mother asked how the children how many children she had had, the spirit appeared to rap out the correct number. One of the neighbors reportedly witnessed these sounds and was <laughs> and word spread there was something strange going on in the Fox house. Maggie and Kate made these noises by cracking their knuckles, toes, and other joints. <laughs> I love that. A fact Maggie confessed to the New York World 40 years later in 1888. <laughs> by this point, the childhood prank 
had spun out of control, and now the adult sisters have become famous mediums. I love that so much. The Fox sisters then uh, had their public seances, helped a spark of spiritualism craze in the United States and Europe, built on the belief that it would be possible for living humans to communicate with the dead. Ooh. Oh my gosh. Ah, soon after oh Maggie and Kate's supernatural discoveries, the Kate went, the girls went to live with their older sister, Leah, in Rochester. When the supernatural occurrences continued, Leah decided to turn this into a little bit of a business. Oh. In November of 1849, a Rochester, at Rochester uh, Corrins Hall, Maggie and Kate demonstrated their powers to a paying crowd of nearly 400 people. Shit. <laughs> Plenty of people denounced the girls as fake, and some correctly guessed that the sisters were just cracking their joints, but some people, others believed they were witnessing true spiritual phenomenons. Soon, other people began to open up their own shows in which they claimed to be mediums who can communicate with the dead. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, the lure of, like, it's just, oh, my gosh. The fact that it was just a prank. Oh, my God. I know. I knuckles on command. So, when she confessed that all of it was was a hoax, as well as her public demonstration of how cracking your joints, to make the rapping sound was big news among people interested in spiritualism. Mm-hmm. At the public demonstration attended by Kate and held shortly after the publication of Maggie's confection, confession, the world, the New York Herald reported that Maggie was greeted with cheers and hisses. I hope that's a typo. <laughs> I mean, hisses? Hisses. Yeah, no, that mean, I mean, like, half the crowd was cheering, like, yeah, that was so great, good prank, and the other half was like, you know, but, you know, it's the strange. equivalent of, like, booing, but I hisses. think, yeah. but hisses. Uh, when I began this deception when I was too young to know right from wrong, Maggie told the crowd, according to the Herald, that I had been mainly instrumental in uh, fraud, spiritualism, and fun of two confident public. Many of you already know it is the greatest sorrow of my life. Oh, my gosh. I wouldn't feel that bad. (laughs) No, I wouldn't either. Mm -mm. Uh, Especially as a kid. It isn't clear what motivated Maggie to confess. That is, it's been all a hoax in 1888, nor is it clear why she re-encanted the confession the next year. Regardless, Maggie and Kate's true feelings about their career as mediums, the spiritual craze they had unwillingly Help start continued to be popular well into the 20th century. It still is today. Mm-hmm. That's just absolutely. <laughs> it's crazy. And then the last thing I wanted to share with you is arsenic and old lace, the real yes. behind Halloween classics. Ooh. So we all know the classic films, you know, the, yeah. the Halloween and vampires and mummies and everything like mm-hmm. that. So there is apparently a lot of, um, scary things around these horror movies insanity runs in my family it it practically gallops that's what carrie grant famously declared in the 1944 movie arsenic and old lace based on the hit broadway play Mm -hmm. Um, it's set on halloween and followed the discovery discovery by grant's character that his aunt has secretly been murdering renters at their boarding house it's a pretty grim subject for a comedy and especially considering that it was inspired by real events while working on Arsenic and Old Lace, um, playwriter Joseph Carlsring traveled to Connecticut to examine more documents related to Amy Archer Gilligan, a convicted murderer who had run a boarding house for the elderly. 
Oh. 66 people died at that house between 1908 and 1916. That's a lot of people. So many people. When investigators exhumed five of the bodies, including her second husband, autopsies revealed they had been poisoned with arsenic or strychnine. 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 I don't know. T-R-Y-C-H-N-I-N-E. Okay. Yep. Cool. So her and her first husband, James Archer, opened their small nursing home in Connecticut. Um, typically had fewer than 10 boarders at a time, and understandably, there were some deaths among the elderly tenants. The first one was in 1908. The second one was in 1909. But after that, there was a dramatic increase between in, in the period of four years 64 <laughs> more deaths at the Archer home. That's like 11 deaths a year. That's many. one death a month. Yeah, that's too many. One of the earliest, Even for older people. Right? One of the el- earliest deaths at the Archer home was Amy's husband, who, uh, who died in 1910 at age 50. Mm-hmm. Amy may have been in her late 30s or early 40s. The cause of death at the time was Bright's disease. An older medical term referring to kids hidden disease. Okay. Amy married her second husband, Michael. In late 1913, he died just three months later at the age of 56. This one was a vascular heart disease. The t- this time, her husband's death seemed more suspicious. Though he was a widower with sons, he will his will left his entire estate to Amy. Oh. He wasn't rookie the, mistake. Right? Rookie mistake. He wasn't the only person whose death seemed to benefit her. Boarders could choose to pay Amy a weekly rate or a one-time $1,000 fee for lifetime care. And some of her boarders seemed to suddenly die um, after either paying her a lifetime fee or signing over some amount of money to her. Mm-hmm. By the time her second husband died in February of 1914, people in town and borderers at the Archer home had already begun to notice the death rate was especially high. Mm-hmm. Still, it wasn't until another boarder died suddenly a few months later in May of 1914 that anyone had begun to get to the bottom of what was going on. Crazy murderers. That is crazy. A, um, oh my gosh. Like, th- this keeps going. So, like, it talks about a family person. It was a family member of a boarder who was mm-hmm. like, my brother was 61 years old. Why did he, he die? should not have died? Yeah. Oh. No. Um, and they started investigating Oof. everything, and then they found multiple bodies in the house, all with arsenic poisoning. Um, they eventually arrested her and charged her for five of the deaths so they could confirm the poisoning. Mm-hmm. And then she only went to trial for Franklin Andrews' death. Okay. The next year, uh, she was convicted with first degree murder and set- sentenced her to death. Her lawyer appealed in 1919. She re- received a new trial in which she pleaded insanity. This time, she was convicted of second-degree murder and sentenced to life in prison. Oh. She died in 1962. This is so crazy. That is crazy. This is so recent. Yeah. So all of this influenced the Broadway play uh-huh. in general. And nearly a century later, many consider the film to be a Halloween classic, although they may not realize it was inspired by real horrific all right, all right. Wild. I, that's that not where wild. I that article was gonna go, but I. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I thought it was just gonna be like, "Hey, people die on horror films," and I'm like, "Yeah, a lot of people yeah, 
most of the time if you look up like a lot of the older like horror films Mm -hmm. like something there's crazy stuff happens on them oh yeah oh yeah well when you got people chanting latin Mm -hmm. not realizing what you know they're doing they start summoning shit i watched this video about how oh what tv show was it i don't remember which tv show it was but one of the actresses um was given a latin text to chant and the writers just took it from like an actual ritual and she did and some spooky shit started happening can't remember what it was i watched a tiktok about it um but yeah that's a no for me i mm -mm. no interesting yeah, it, it, uh, all the things that revolve around this day and it, other it's truly fascinating. Mm-hmm. And, oh it is. my gosh! So I did a Ouija board one on midnight on Halloween. No. Why? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Okay, midnight. It's supposed to going it's from the thirtieth to the thirty first, or the thirty first to the first. Thirty first to the first. Okay. Why? Because we we thought it was the thinnest time. To I talk. mean. Yeah, but did things happen? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. We got to talk to a few spirits, but then we found a demon, and that's when we called it. Uh, Yeah. Did you dispose of it properly? Yeah, I cleansed my board. Okay, just making sure. Do you think I just walked into this on Willy? No, you're using Ouija boards. Yeah, you were on a you were at a railroad track on Friday. I was at the woods Friday. I don't know what you want from me. You know what? I think for Christmas I'm just gonna shit. get you a bag of salts. Yes, I was like, I swear to God, if you get me a Ouija board, when I was teaching I up plenty. in, you can borrow one. No, thank you. I will pass. <laughs> that will. Mm-mm, mm-mm. When I okay, so I need to stop telling my students these things because then they use it against me oh yeah that's the first first mistake i know so when i first started teaching up in virginia um my first you know obviously first time ever my first year there were a few students who followed me for all three years so i had them all three years i was in virginia so we got really close of course and um i would frequently say you know i believe in everything i'm scared of everything and then this other student of mine she was like, I don't believe in any of it and I'm not scared of any of it. So she loved the scary things. I got back from lunch at one point and they had drawn out a Ouija board and left on- it on my desk. <laughs> like on a piece of paper, they like drew, a we- they would, they would do all sorts of silly things oh. like that. They would draw Ouija boards. They would, you know, d- use it in the classroom. And then now I'm at my current school and this was last year, I want to say. I'm telling this story about my students who drew a Ouija board for me and tried to leave it as a present on my desk. Um, And my students, apparently there's this game. I never did this as a kid. I don't know if this is this generation or not, but you could tell me. It's the Charlie something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I never did that. I didn't know what that was. Okay. So Gen Z, that's a Gen Z thing. Remember when you had stand in the mirror and you'd ask a question? yeah it's like that okay well they started doing that in my classroom <laughs> I used um, to that with my specifically kids. to freak me out and then I, um one of the teachers she's the one that I was hanging out with on Friday 
going into the woods. She has a creepy doll. Um, no. Collection that she has in her classroom. No. Just vintage dolls. So last year there was a student who liked to scare me. There were a couple of them in the same class and we shared them and they would go to her class first and then they would grab one of these creepy dolls Mm -hmm. and then they would bring it into my classroom and then shove it in my face Mm -mm. and be like, you want to say hello? And I was like, no, no, I I do not. Thanks. And of course, I don't either. When uh, my friend Sarah um because we are actually pretty good friends um they would ask her can we please take this to our teacher she'd be like absolutely i love scaring her here you go here's the creepiest fucking doll (laughs) that you could possibly imagine please take it to her and sit it in her desk Oh no, my students yeah. never scared me like that. No, they love. See, they they played me. the the Charlie game in my mm-hmm. classroom, and I'd play it with them. Yeah, I was like, "Let's I go!" Just, I'd never, I'd never heard that one before. So yeah, well, there yeah. are many things that go bump in the night that creep us out. Yeah, which we yeah. have discovered along this thirteen episode journey. <laughs> but we are very excited. We are. We've concluded our thirteen nights of horrors. And we're starting um, our They Know How to Write series. I know. Take two. We're doing our second season of author interviews, November and December. Eight authors. We are so excited. Yeah, I am so excited. Really cool people that we're Mm going to, you guys get to hear about and learn about their books. And it's really exciting because a lot of big things are coming right around the same time for some of these authors. So we yes. can share their wins mm-hmm. while you guys get to learn about them on our podcast. So yes, we're also, the, yes, the right series. And um, on top of that, tomorrow, oh, yes. November 1st, marks the start of NaNoWriMo, so National Novel Writing Month. Yeah. And uh, y'all have probably seen on our Instagram, we're going to be uh, setting something special up mm-hmm. with some NaNoWriMo writing groups and whatnot so stay tuned for that join us and yeah all about that and you'll see more information to follow Mm -hmm. along and we hope to see you guys writing with us yeah so we'll talk to you guys soon Bye. bye Hey guys, we are. Hey guys, we. My name's Natalie. I'm Megan. And we're so Natalie. I'm Megan. I'm Megan. I'm Megan. I'm Megan. <laughs> <laughs>